continuing through the book of Jonah. If you have your Bible, you can begin by finding Jonah chapter 3. And that what we know about Jonah, right, is he's a man, a prophet called by God to go speak a message to the Ninevites. And so he's told to go to them, uh, yet he chooses not to do that. Right? He, he's told by God specifically, do this thing, and he specifically says, I don't want to do that. And in that way, Jonah's very much like uh, you and I, right? We're, we're, we're commanded by God to do certain things, to avoid certain things, to cling to certain things. And a lot of times we look and we say, well, God, I, I really don't think that's what I want to be doing right now. And so Jonah's punished for his disobedience. He's uh, thrown into, a, uh, into the ocean and uh, almost dies, and God rescues him with this fish. And we, too, like Jonah, are oftentimes punished for our disobedience and punished for our choosing to run the opposite direction of what God has called us to do. But what we know about God, what's very clear about God in the book of Jonah, is two things. One, God is a God of justice. He demands um, that, that His divine justice is met. Right? That, that wrong will be punished, that right will be rewarded. He is a absolutely just God. But more importantly for our sake is that he is a merciful God. Right? Jonah could have been lost forever uh, in the sea. That could have been the end of the story when he was cast overboard for his disobedience to what God had told him to do. Yet God was merciful and saved Jonah's life. Right? Saved Jonah's life. Because God loves people. If you're here today and you're wondering if God loves you, I want you to know God loves you. You're precious to God. You're special to God. You matter to God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. We've all done and been places that is absolutely an assault to God's conscience. But He still loves you. Jonah is vomited out by this fish, and God gives him a second chance at life. We're going to read today Jonah chapter 3, and we're going to talk a lot about second chances today. You know, I love the picture of second chances. Right? I'm a big baseball fan. My Houston Astros dominate totally legally without any cheating at all. Okay, I don't care what you're hearing in the news today. Right? Those are fine, upstanding young men in the Astros dugout over there, and very good drummers from what I'm told. But the Astros are, 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 are my team. But you know what I love about baseball, right, is, is you can stand up there and you can hold your bat and a pitcher can throw a perfect pitch right down the middle and you can watch that pitch go right over the middle and it can be a strike and you get another chance. Right, right, you get another chance and, another, and if you just foul off the ball and just barely get a piece of it and tip it off to the side, you get another chance. And another chance, and another chance. You know, you can have an infinite number of chances in baseball to do things right. And God is like that with us. You know, a lot of us are up there, and God is, is giving us chance after chance after chance. And He's so gracious to do that. So gracious to do that. Jonah chapter 3, read with me, starting in verse 1. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose, he went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. And Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out 
You have 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. And they called for a fast and they put on sackcloth from the, sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. See, God gives Jonah a second chance. This is important for you today because if you're a Christian in here today, sometimes we're really bad at understanding how merciful God is to us. Like we believe that God can, can, can wipe away the sins of a, of a wicked person. We believe that God can be merciful to someone who's lived a life of sin. But whenever it comes down to us, when we've known the grace of God, when we've known the forgiveness and mercy of God already, and then we wander off our own way, when we choose to live in sin as Christians, as people who know God, a lot of times we think, well, God can't forgive that. Or maybe not can't, but won't forgive that. Because we should know better. Right? There's been times in my life as a believer that I have wandered away from God. And, and the, the dangerous thing about that as a Christian is we begin to doubt the grace and love of God. Because we know what we're doing is sin. Our consciences convict us, right? We feel convicted inside of ourselves for the sins that we've done. But, but, but we don't really think that God's going to forgive us because we should know better. Right? We, we have like the, 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 the Spider-Man thing going on in our minds. Like with great power comes great responsibility. And we have this great knowledge, right? And with, the, with knowledge comes responsibility and we know the grace of God and then we abuse the grace of God and when we do that we feel guilty and that guilt brings us to shame and that shame brings us to hiding and hiding leads us deeper into sin and the spiral of sin takes hold and what wasn't a major issue slowly degrades into a life consuming life altering sin and we feel depressed and dark and empty. And we know that God is love and we know that God is merciful and we know that God is forgiving. But inside of ourselves, because we know God, we feel like God wouldn't want to forgive us. Right? We feel like he shouldn't forgive the Christian who's fallen into sin. But Jonah was that man. Jonah was a prophet of God, already a follower of the Lord, called by God to do God's work, spoken to kings about the message that God had. And then God, after Jonah runs away and does his own thing, restores Jonah back to where he was. That is a beautiful picture of the mercy and grace of God, that he would take someone who flagrantly disregarded his calling, flagrantly disregarded his responsibility, and to restore him right back to that spot. Right? That is so much grace. More grace than I have, right? I'm, I struggle with this specific thing with grace because I, I don't know when's the right time to restore someone fully back into their position, specifically inside of a ministry position. I struggle with that. Right? If we had a Sunday school teacher in this church, this is an if thing, not we have. Okay, But if we had a Sunday school teacher in this church and they were caught in flagrant sin, right? I would, 
I would have to remove them from teaching Sunday school because they don't need to be in that leadership position for that time period. And I don't know the process inside of myself where I would feel comfortable beginning to entrust people underneath their teaching again. Or I struggle with that inside of myself. My grace and my mercy is, is, is contingent. You know, it has to be earned and I have to feel it out. But God is so merciful to sinners. And Jonah was that Christian sinner, that, that righteous man sinner. He wasn't a Christian. Jesus hadn't come yet. But he was a, a follower of the one true God. And he ran from that God. And God restored him back. And God gave him the exact same message that he had given him before. before. You will go and to, to this town that I told you. And you will say the thing that I told you to say. And Jonah listens, and because Jonah listens to God, God gives him a, an elevated position. He walks into the town, and God's favor is upon him. Nineveh was a, a city that would be opposed um, to the nation of Israel where Jonah was coming out of. In fact, Nineveh was, was one of the main cities inside of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire is about 100 years, roughly, from becoming the most powerful empire in the world. It was going to take over kind of the known part of the world that Israel would be involved in. They're, they conquer um, the nation of Israel in 722 B.C. This is very close historically to that major event. And Jonah walks in as a foreigner into this town and says, all of you guys are about to get what's coming to you. In 40 days, less than six weeks, every single one of you are going to suffer. Your city's going to be overthrown. There's going to be an army coming from outside. Things are going to go bad, and you are all going to get it. Jonah doesn't give them an out. He doesn't give them a way around it. He says, this is the message of God's destruction. And you know what's beautiful about this story here? Jonah gets to be a really ugly story in a little bit. What's beautiful about this story is God restores Jonah to his position of prophet, and then God blesses Jonah. That people listen to his words and respond to him. You know, a Christian today, if you're here today and you're struggling with sin, I mean, not, not like we all struggle with sin, but you're, you're caught in sin. You can't get out. You're trapped, whether it's, you know, drinking or pornography or gossiping or lying or whatever your sin that's got you by the throat. And you feel like you can't get away from it and you feel like you can't be forgiven. I want you to know, God's grace is sufficient even for you. Because God is a God of second chances for Christians too. Those of us who know the love and grace of God, He'll give you a second chance. And when you receive that second chance, when you return to God, when you repent, when you say, God, I will listen to what you have to say to me and I will do what it is that you ask me to do. When you do that, God is quick to bless you again. He's quick to bless you again inside the ministry that's called you. Jonah received an immediate blessing. Jonah could have been murdered going into there. I mean, I don't know if you saw the VeggieTales version of this, right? It was a feature-length movie. Right? Those guys could have slapped him with some fish, right? I mean, that was a, a real risk there, according to the VeggieTales part of this story. But in real life, uh, if Jonah goes in there as a foreigner and saying, you guys are all about to be overthrown, that's a threat, like a real threat to that country. Right? If a student goes into the school and says, this school is all about to get blown up, 
that student goes, goes away, right? For good reason. We've had some risk, bad things going on with that, right? Jonah goes into town and says, all of you guys are going to be overthrown. And God gives him grace as he goes. And the people hear the message of Jonah and they cry out to God for forgiveness, right? They cry out to God for forgiveness because they hope that maybe God will be merciful to them. Nineveh was a wicked place. Their wickedness had rose up to God. And God said, this place deserves judgment. And they will ultimately get judgment. But God is a God of second chances to believers. The second point that we have here, though, is that God isn't just a God of second chances to us inside of the church. He's a God of second chances for those outside as well. It says the word, verse 6, the word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and, uh, that was published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let them call out mightily to God. And let everyone turn from his evil way and from violence that is in his hands. For who knows, God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. And then when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he didn't do it. Guys, I I love this story. God gives Jonah a second chance. The one who should know better, he gives a second chance. And then Jonah goes into the city telling them justice is about to come down on you. Judgment is coming. 40 days and you all get it. And the people respond to the message of Jonah. And then the king, the leader of the people, hear what's going on. And he humbles himself and he takes off his royal clothes and he puts on sackcloth which is really just kind of like a burlap sort of material, something fairly uncomfortable to be wearing. And you put that on as a sign of mourning. And so he puts on the the sackcloth and he sits down and ashes. It's the same thing Job does, right? Whenever Job's life is afflicted with great sorrow and pain, it's a way of mourning. It's a way to show like I am in deep, deep agony for what's going on. And he sits in the ashes covered by the sackcloth, and he issues a decree to the whole city proclaiming a fast. He says, we won't eat, we won't drink, and we won't, uh, we're all going to wear sackcloth, and our animals aren't going to eat and drink, and they're going to wear sackcloth, which is weird, right? I imagine goats walking around in burlap sacks, right? Uh, Apparently that was a good good day for goat dressing, but but, but I mean, like, everyone is going to be a part of this. And the reason is they're hoping that God might forgive them. As there is a lost world right now, Rockdale, Texas, here, within, you know, you can get outside, take a rock, throw it in any direction, you can probably hit a house. But there is a lost world here that does not know that judgment is coming, and then they do not know that forgiveness is available. God's judgment is coming. It's certain and it's sure. God has proclaimed judgment on the world. 
You can read it in the Old and New Testaments. We know the direction this story goes. As a church, the reality of the second coming of Jesus Christ should be a comfort and it should be a prod for you to do the work of an evangelist. It should comfort you to know that this thing that we're dealing with right now will not last forever, but it should prod you because your neighbor needs to hear the message of hope of Jesus Christ. And to hear that there's forgiveness, that the life that they're living that is empty, that leads them into depression. Like there may be bouts of joy, but there's emptiness on the other side of those joys, right? That's what we do in life, right? We chase highs, right? Whether it's drugs or alcohols or experiences, that's the deal now. People like me, right? Like, man, I'm going to go on this trip, right? And you get on, you watch people's Facebook or Instagram, and it's all about that trip. And they go from this trip to that trip to that trip, and their life looks great. But you know what those people are doing? They're always chasing something. They get a piece of it when they go to, uh, to this destination, a piece of it when they go to this destination, but in the valley between the trips, I don't know where they are. Always looking forward to something else, hoping that the next thing will meet what their needs are. Guys, it's, it's uh, your, your, your drugs, your alcohol, your sex, your, your, your travel, your stuff, the next thing, your next boat, your next phone, your next car. It won't solve the problem. The problem is we're wicked. We have violence in our hearts and in our hands. And because of that, because of our wickedness, because of the violence that's in our hearts and in our hands, judgment is coming. But God shows grace to those who return to him. You know, God gives second chances to the believer when he talks to, 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 to Jonah. But God gives second chances to the lost. And I'm thankful that. Because if I only had one opportunity to hear the message uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Christ died on the cross for my sins, that he rose from the dead, taking my sins and allowing me to become a child of God by faith. If I only had one chance to hear that message, I would be eternally lost. I grew up in a church like this church, First Baptist Church of McKinney, First Baptist Church of Sugarland. I grew up inside of First Baptist churches my whole life. I heard the gospel presented thousands of times. I mean, thousands of opportunities to respond to the message of hope. Proclaimed from preachers, evangelists, youth pastors, children's Sunday school teachers, youth Sunday school teachers, my mother, my father. Friends of mine, I heard the gospel thousands of times. I didn't respond until I was 15 years old. Guys, I'm glad that God is a God of second chances for the lost. And nobody is beyond the reach of God. You know, it's easy for us to hold grudges against people have issues with individuals or with kind of classes of people like boy those those people over there man god is not like us his grace is sufficient for even them and so we pray to god that he'll bring salvation 
to those who are far away. A lot of us, we get real caught up in justice and judgment. Right? But vengeance is the Lord's. He will mete out justice when it's the proper time. But right now, we should be imploring people to seek grace. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the, uh, the rapper Kanye West. I'm not a huge Kanye fan. I have zero Kanye songs on my phone right now. Right? Um, but Kanye's a big deal. But if you were to go through Kanye's life, he is a blasphemer, misogynist, you know, borderline racist, terrible human being. Spreading hatred, lies, and division with every word he says. His entire public career has been an assault to God. I mean everything he's done. He, has, he took on the name Jesus to blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. He is a terrible, terrible person. And somehow, God saved him. And I don't understand it. I, 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 like he's, like today, right now, he's preaching at Lakewood Church bringing his Sunday choir thing to Lakewood Church. And Lakewood Church might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ today, which would be a good thing. He was in the Harris County Jail, Houston, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to the prisoners there. His life was radically changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Blasphemer, racist, division sower, leader of everything gross in our world misogynist, using women, I mean, terrible, terrible person. You know, I, I saw it written, you know, it was like, if you think that Kanye West can just call out to God and be saved of all of those things, his misogyny, his racism, all of the things that he's done, all the things that he's, he's made money in, his greed, all of that stuff, if you think he can just be saved, just like that, you are absolutely right. Absolutely right. Because God is good to the lost. He gives second chances to the lost. And we should praise God that a lost person has come into life. Someone bound for death has come into life. And his story is going to be hard. I, I, I do not envy Kanye West because he, when he messes up, like you mess up daily, when he messes up, it becomes news. Right? When he slips back and does some stupid stuff that he's done his whole life, it's news. When you do something stupid, nobody knows. Right? But, but, but pray for that guy. But you know what? There are thousands of people within five miles of this church who are just as lost. And some of them are people that we would say that person could never be reached. But God is God of second chances. God reaches those who seem to be beyond reach. And he does it through his grace 
and through his church. People, you have to share that grace with a lost world. Which means you've got to be a part of that lost world. You've got to be around lost people. You've got to have an influence in that. Maybe that just means your next door neighbor. Maybe that means you get involved inside of a, a ministry, an organization where you'll be seeing lost people. But you've got to be around them because people need to know there's hope for a better tomorrow than what they're per, uh, pursuing today. God is a God of second chances for the Christian. Praise the Lord that he is, but God is a God of second chances for the lost. And praise God for that, because if he wasn't, I would never be found. And if he wasn't, most of the people around me would never know the grace of Jesus Christ. But God is good to the Christian and to the lost alike. God is merciful to all who turn to him. So Christians, today, there's two things for you. One, if you're living in sin, if you're struggling with sin, if you're captured by sin, if your life is swallowed up with just poor, sinful choices, I want you to know there's forgiveness for you. God isn't done with you. He's not over you. Turn back to God. Let God restore you to the place you're supposed to be. Secondly, Christian, if you're here today, you are here, you exist on this earth to glorify God. That is your sole purpose for life. Your purpose isn't to educate young minds. Teachers, that's not your purpose. It's your job. It's what you're paid to do to make sure they learn how to add, subtract, multiply, divide, whatever it is they have to do. But your, your purpose in life is to glorify God. If you're running a business, your purpose isn't to make money doing that business, to do a good job at the business, right? Your, your purpose is to glorify God inside of all the areas of your life. And so let's live a God-glorifying life. Let's tell wicked people they can turn back to God. Let's live in a way that make people want to come to us and ask us what it is that makes us so gracious and forgiving. As grace is a beautiful quality, it's probably the most beautiful thing that you'll see in action. Someone giving you something you don't deserve. Giving you unmerited favor. It's beautiful. It's beautiful when the church is a place of grace instead of a place of judgment. You know, all our, our sign right now, I think, says everyone welcome or something along that line. It says a, a, a list of things. Maybe it's not right now. It said that. Yeah, okay, good. Woo! It's true. We do not discriminate on who can walk through these doors to receive the grace of Jesus Christ. I don't care if they're living in sins that I will tell them truthfully right now is an affront to God. They're welcome. We love the people that God has made. And we show them the grace of Jesus Christ. And we pray that God will reach them. And we let God do that work. It's not our job to fix them. It's not our job to, 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 to organize their life in a way that looks the way that we know it should look. God will handle that. Our job is to reach, to love, and to share the truth of Jesus Christ with them. How are we doing at that church? Individually in our lives, how are you doing? 
if we were to roll back in the last seven days, do people know Jesus because of you? Do you tell someone about Jesus? We just hope they find out somehow. Hope they stumble into the knowledge somehow that, that, that they're sinners and that Christ saves. What have you done? If I roll back two weeks, any different? Two months? The fact of the matter is most of us haven't shared the life-changing message of Jesus Christ with anyone outside of our family for the last two years. We just go through life trying to be good enough, hoping someone may one day, might one day just stumble into the knowledge of Jesus through us. That is shameful. It's shameful. God has given us a second chance, guys, to do better. Today's your second chance. Let's, let's get on it. Let's share the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. It's not hard. It's not complicated. You don't have to know the answer to every question someone might ask. What you have to know is what, what, what you have to know. We're all sinners. Our sin separates us from God. Right? But God is gracious and loving, and he desires to have us live with him forever. So God sent Jesus Christ to live on the earth, to die for our sins, so that we could be saved. And if we'll call out to Jesus in faith, if you'll call out to Jesus in faith today, you will be saved. Start there. Just the basics. Sin. Consequences of sin. God's love. God's plan for salvation through Jesus. And how they can receive salvation today. If you're here today and you don't know that, I want you to know you can receive salvation today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. God's grace is sufficient for you. So if you're lost in here today, and you're like the Ninevites, you've been living in sin, far from God. I want you to know God loves you. He sent his son to die for you so that you could be reconciled. You could be made right with God. Today's a good day for that. But for us believers today, call out to God to get out of sin. Trust his mercy to pull you from there. Live in the forgiveness of God, not the guilt of your sin. And tell others about the grace of God. There's nothing better than that. Let's pray.